welcome to Punta Vista episode 95. Uh, I am Andrew. I'm here with Ben. Hey. Hey. Hey, man. What's going on? How is your diseased and withered body? My body now is more or less fine. All of the (laughs) snot has fallen out of my face. Um, Mm -hmm. And now all that's left is a persistent, irritating cough. But I don't feel sick. I feel lively. I feel healthy. I feel great. I will just occasionally not be able to breathe for 10 minutes and then I'm fine. So you're almost back to normal. I'm very close. Once I get that down to seven, um, I think everything will be par for the course. And you're saying that's normal? Yes. Yeah. Normal body. Yeah. Okay. So what do you, how do you feel most of the time in your body? (laughs) (laughs) Not great. (laughs) Sure. Well, Uh, no need to go further into that. No. (laughs) And here checking in on what a normal body is, is Theo. Hello, Hello, Theo. Uh, and uh, no follow-up questions. My body is perfectly all the right shapes. Perfectly um, formed. Yep. I don't even uh, know if I've ever seen you without a shirt off now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Surely we've been swimming at the same time before. No, I don't think we have. Hmm. Oh. We need to remedy that, apparently. This is an extraordinary number of years in an extraordinary, uh, extraordinarily hot city for us not to have been at a pool at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as we covered earlier, I have a very normal body and I, uh, as such, I don't enjoy swimming because of the effect that it has on my completely regular, <laughs> medically acceptable body. So You've got kind of the, the inverse of the problem that fish have, that, you know, when they get out of water, their body can't sustain itself without the lessened gravity. You actually need that little bit of gravity. You get in the water and everything just starts drifting apart. Yeah. You get that uh the the syndrome that astronauts get. <laughs> uh and of course joining us from Hawaii via the the big satellite phone. She's got one of those big <laughs> one of those big clunky satellite phones from a spy movie in the 90s. Mhm. Uh, Holding it comically nice... to my ear. It's much larger than my body. <laughs> I look very stupid. I'm struggling to hold it up. It's Lucy. Hi Lucy. It's me. Hello. Um, are we allowed to? Are we allowed to talk about your big news? We can because I tweeted about it and I regretted it immediately. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Congratulations are in order to Lucy, whomst has become engaged. Yes, future wife of the show, me. That's right. Incredible. And congratulations to you. Thank you. I have to become an American, which I'm not looking forward to. But here we are. <laughs> this is my life now. <laughs> Truly disgusting. It's Truly disgusting. disgusting. I, I hate to. I don't want to burst your bubble, um, but I. No, I have to say it. Uh, mm. Marriage is a myth perpetuated by the patriarchy <laughs> to subjugate women in our commodified mercantile. Mercantilist. I had to Google uh, that. Mercantilist. This is a reply someone sent society? me on Twitter, by the way. Yeah, to when, when you say, that I, was I got engaged, engaged to immediately mm-hmm. say, nice one, marriage is bullshit for dickheads, and you have owned yourself as a woman. <laughs> and then delete um, your account. <laughs> as soon as people start saying, nice one, dickhead. Go, oh. Like I pulled my favorite classic move, which is I immediately insulted him and he responded to being insulted by following me on Twitter and then deleting his account. Oh. Very strange. Very strange. <laughs> Pro move. Pro move. Good stuff. Pro move. Um, speaking, of, speaking of influencing people on social media, uh, we mm. have a tale... We have a tale from the news this week. You guys heard about news? You guys ever seen this news stuff? I've heard about it. It's probably not for me. Not really my thing. <laughs> not my style. <laughs> Hate current style. events. <laughs> only things that are a, a year or two out mm. of yeah. being current for me. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I only want to hear about things. When When can something like officially be considered uh, historical? Does it have to be more than like... Does it just have to be occurring in the past? Is that... I wouldn't really sure. re- refer to something from last week as historical, would I? It is in my yeah. mind. When you're on Twitter, things yeah, if you happened did. a week ago, it's like two years ago. If you did yeah. a sex crime last week and then you were charged, they wouldn't say you were being charged of historical sex crimes. No, they'd say that sex crime you did last week. Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> sure. You'd go into the court, the judge would say, you are here under charges of that sex crime you did last week. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at which point you start tugging on your collar. Ooh, thought that one had come back to haunt me. Um, So, speaking of being a social media influencer, we have an article here from uh, from The Advertiser, 
about a One Nation Senate candidate, which is very funny. This was surprisingly slept on for... like Because I, I saw this story and I was sort of blown away. And I, I didn't really see it get a lot of traction. But this is fucking incredible, right? So, One Nation, they got Emma as a party. Which is wild, right? The Emma as a party? Yeah, you know. I know you're all saying to yourselves. So, like, well, you would think, you know, that a heavy hitter like this, if she was going to get into politics... Uh, would have ended up with one of the major parties. So this is a huge coup a uh, for one get. nation. Yeah. Massive get. Now, much in the same way that uh, that it turns out that Captain Getup um, is is a is a Colombian YouTuber. Um, much in the same way that very clearly uh, Advance Australia has obtained a, a big time social media um, pitch pitch hitter. <coughs> Instead, uh, they've gone with the Influencer Emma Azapati announced as One Nation's second SA Senate candidate in the federal election. She has a funny so, name. Are we going to talk about that? <laughs> wow, that's pretty racist. Lucy. I would just like to say to it's Emma Azapati, does she? Am I invited to it? <laughs> <laughs> Cancelled, Lucy. Cancelled once again. Uh, one of Australia's biggest social media influencers. I'm already. I'm already looking around the room and shaking my head at this one. <laughs> has emerged as Pauline Hanson's second South Australian One Nation Senate candidate. Emma Azapati, who has more than half a million Twitter followers, has announced she will put her career on the line to spur One Nation's policies at the May 18th election. Now, this is definitely one of these accounts where you look and you go, yes, this person does have half a million followers and they also follow half a million people. Yeah, because they like to keep up to date on stuff. That's not a crime. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You all know we love we love to look at our f- feeds of the four hundred and thirty thousand people that we're following, um, and get a get a nice targeted spread of news. <laughs> um, in an exclusive interview with the advertiser, Miss Azapati says she was approached by the party three weeks ago after she expressed disgust online for the way Senator Hanson was interviewed on Sunrise. Uh, quote. Everyone has said if you like Pauline Hanson, then you're a racist. And I would say, that is definitely not the case. My husband is Maltese, my business partner is Chinese, and one of my best friends is African-American, Ms. Azapati41 said. When I read the policies, I realized that wasn't the case, and I thought, I want to work with Pauline. I I think we all, all normal people think when looking Mm -hmm. at a Pauline Hanson. Um... Well, ironclad defense there, really. How can one be racist when uh, one of their best friends is black? Mm, African-American. Using that phrase, I feel, is like, you know, that they, they're like old school racist because they think <laughs> politically correct by saying African-American. Extra, extra tactful. Mm-hmm. My colored friend said that. <laughs> But uh, Ms. Azapati would not be drawn on her support for several One Nation policies, saying she needed to spend more time with her team, Ms. Hansen, and lead SA candidate Jennifer Game. Um, so I like that she's already read the policies and decided they weren't racist, but also does not she's want not to speak them. to you about the policies. <laughs> she plans to target voters through her quote-unquote powerhouse social media accounts, including disengaged millennials about One Nation's immigration policy. Um, that immigration is going to affect the millennials as time goes past if it doesn't change, Miss Azapati said. Great sentence there. That's uh, grammatically, that's good. So mm. I think to me. Is that, it's either the reporter has chucked immigration in brackets after that to clarify it instead of doing the square brackets word replacement thing, or mm. she's just quoting an email here? It, it, this is very confusing for mm. me. It's not the best written piece. Um, unlike a lot of people, she says, I have 550,000 people to talk to. 287,000 of them are from Australia. <laughs> that Ugh. could affect my career because that is my career. But I believe in it so much, the policies I'm not going to talk about, that I'm going to go to town on social media. I'm going to bust social media wide open. Going to bust it on social media. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, what a what a mystery this woman is. The married mother of one who lives on a yacht in North Haven. <laughs> I did not see uh-huh. that the first time through. That's a lovely little detail. Living on a yacht. Tweeting to um, my 550,000 followers from my yacht, The Dream. Mm-hmm. 
the married mother of one who lives on a yacht in North Haven, previously worked in the travel industry before a degenerative spinal disease at age 31 left her bedridden for more than 18 months. She began tweeting motivational quotes in 2009 and made more money developing social media marketing strategies than she was making in the travel industry. This just this whole thing, like the whole industry of um, someone whose whose entire like claim to, to be able to do something is just I have a lot of followers online and I speak to them. So let me come and give a pep talk at your business. It's just grift. Like literally, you just have to get 550,000 fake followers and you can go to any company and be like, look, I'm more popular than a lot of celebs. Give me money to tell you how to tweet. Believe this. Like I, I can't believe how many people just don't have a basic understanding of social media. Like I'm looking at her Twitter and one of her most recent tweets has one retweet for 540,000 followers. Which is not unusual for her Twitter account either. <laughs> yeah. So they're not real. I f- thought that would be obvious to most people with a functioning brain. The influencer and motivational speaker who says that she is about, quote-unquote, empowering women, lays claim to the most popular SA Twitter account with 540,000 followers, including former Prime Minister Julia Gillard. Her website says she was recently voted 28th most inspirational tweeter in the world. (laughs) I wonder, do you guys guys remember who you cast your vote for in that one? I believe mine was for Sam Neill. Uh... And I'm surprised he didn't do better. <laughs> yeah, that's a good vote, actually. Mm. Says so uh, she's um, been on eight Forbes lists. Congratulations to congrats, her. Congrats, lady. Oh, she also has an Instagram account with 18,000 followers. Oh. Last year, it was reported that she offered to sell 2,500 Twitter followers for $250 US, revealing questionable business tactics in the social media world. Yes, it's almost like buying a shitload of fake followers is an extremely well-known activity that yeah. people who aspire to be a professional influencer do. Oh, and a fun thing about that little bit in the story is that that was added well after the story was published, only after somebody else tweeted at the woman that wrote the story about the fake followers thing. So she just wrote this, like, gushing write-up of this person without doing any research into them. Wahoo! <laughs> Wahoo! Um, now, now we're closing in on the very, very best part of this article. <clears throat> um, although she has contributed to the social media campaigns of aspiring politicians, including former Port Adelaide Mayor Gary Johansson, Miss Hazaparty admits that she is quote not a political animal. Well, great idea to go into politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I know what you're thinking, guys. The Former Port Adelaide Mayor Gary Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one. Um, that's right. She, I guess, contributed to these. <laughs> love the just this as a statement that that means like I didn't do anything and nobody got any value for money out of me. Has contributed to the social media campaigns of aspiring politicians. I got paid some money. I did some tweets for some people who then did not get elected, and then I went and cashed my check and got back on my yacht. Living the dream. So uh, I want to know uh, more about the yacht. What? What? How? What sort of square footage are we talking about on this yacht? Right. Is it stationary? Is it somewhere? Yes, ben. Sailing the seven seas. <laughs> ben, I knew that you. Uh, I know that you spent. Uh, several years of your upbringing living on a boat. I am but a leave it to me to tell you about how boats work and are measured. Square footage. How many cubits? How many cubits <laughs> is this? <laughs> exactly how many how many fathoms uh, of petrol can you get in this yacht? You know what? I can't find a single list that this woman's Twitter account is on. Like, it, it, inspirational Twitter accounts. Nothing. Uh... So it seems like a dubious claim, especially to pick twenty eighth. It's not. It's not like I mean, we're all more online than the average person, and we all use uh, Twitter a lot. And I don't think any of us immediately think of anything when somebody says, "Uh, worldwide lists of popular tweeters." I'm not sure that that's really a thing. Yeah, interesting. So anyway, um, look. The important thing is that she wants to be an inspirational voice. You know. 
And uh, and Miss Azapati says, I want to give people a voice they didn't know they had, an educated voice, not a voice of just jumping on the bandwagon of things that we are all passionate about, which is racism and guns. <laughs> 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 <That's>, <laughs> um, uh, uh, just right, sidling out to the to the mic. How many of y'all like racism and guns? Everyone's just going wild, firing their guns and their racism into the air. But she says, "I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk <laughs> about the other things." You talk about the other things which I do not want to be asked questions about, which I will not be drawn on. Uh, let's let's just take a second. Let's be let's be generous to um, Miss Azapati, the extremely hyper competent social media influencer. Let's because uh, she didn't have time to like type this out and massage it in a drafts. You know, she was just she was just speaking. And she got she accidentally muddled this one up. But let's be really generous. Let's try to interpret this sentence in the most generous way possible and see if there's any like good way to interpret this uh i want to give people a voice they didn't know they had not a voice of just jumping on the bandwagon of things that we are all passionate about which is racism and guns so even even if you thought that that had been misinterpreted what could she even have been trying to say um I mean, because it, it sounds like she's talking in terms of, she's talking about what people say one nation are into, but there's no way to read that sentence in that you're putting that on another person's voice, you know? Hmm. Things well, we are all passionate about. What I want to know is that, is we are all, is the we there one nation supporters or Australians? Or the world. I think it's like an, an extremely muddled construction of saying that, that like people think that all one nation cares about is racism and guns. Um, <laughs> but she, but that's not the case. And she wants to be an educated voice for one nation. Um, and also she's not just jumping on the bandwagon of it. Maybe. That's, 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 what, I, that's what I kind of took as the charitable reading of that. But of course, being a One Nation member, um, she is unable to articulate that in any kind of sentence. She could also be using passionate in the sense of having passionate emotions about, not like enthusiasm for. So, like everyone has an opinion on racism and guns, mm. whether it's positive or negative. Who's well, to say? One thing's for sure, which is it's a really good thing that they hired such an effective. Uh, top Gun communicator to talk about these issues for them. <laughs> oh, when you've got to get your ideas down to only 280 characters, you learn to say things concisely and without confusion. Just razor sharp, razor sharp stuff. Like, for example, if we uh, if we take a look at one of her most recent tweets on her account with um, half a million followers, this one got 52 likes. Big numbers she's putting up on the Ooh, boards here. 13 numbers. retweets, 52 likes. Uh <clears throat> so she has done this in the style of an acrostic poem, which I believe we will all remember writing in primary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one, uh, reading down the page, uh, the letters that make up the word haters, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. going going down word by word, she's she's really turned this word on its head, you know, because when when I say haters, you guys probably think of something negative, right? Mm. You would, you would, because you guys are fucking pathetic. You're not, um, you're not driven social media influencers like this lady. But she hears the word haters, and she like deconstructs this in her mind, pieces it all back together in a three D model. Mm. She takes it apart like the horse from the movie, um, The Godfather. Now, now <laughs> is the, the cube. Uh, oh, the cube. The horse gets cubed. No, no, oh, man God. gets the cubed cell. in the cube. The cell. The that's man, where the name the, the cell. cube comes from. That's right. In the, the in the cell, the horse gets turned into cells. In the cube, the man gets turned <laughs> the into cubes. That's the mnemonic device that you use to remember which one is which. <laughs> yep. 
Um, the trick is now- to remember horse or man. That's the hard part. <laughs> um, although in... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Theo, but I believe in the movie Cube, the man gets turned into cubes. He does not get cubed. I don't understand the distinction that you're making well, I, I imagine the second one would involve him uh, being made like larger to the power of three. Well, I think you know? saying, to me, I hear cubed as in if someone told you to cube some carrots. Absolutely. You not, turn those into cubes. You not a would kind have... of man in a trash compactor. Well, I'd say I'd say diced <laughs> because I'm not a fucking weirdo. It's like, cu- can well, you cube these vegetables for me? Yeah, and Cubing I feel like- is a very, di- that's a very <laughs> definite thing you do do in cooking. And French I feel like if you called that. the movie The Dice, <laughs> even though it would retain the same shape, mm. um, oh. it would well, just raise more confusion. Yeah, certainly. It would imply that there's a second dice-shaped object in the movie. They should call it The Die. <laughs> Wait, no. I think I might have got that the wrong way around. Which one is the plural again? One die, <laughs> many dice? Oh, jeez. We're going off the rails here. Um, can I read out one of her tweets as well? Oh no! Well, you haven't even. Oh, we read. haven't even finished. We haven't even finished. So, so <laughs> she's so excited. She is deconstructing this thought, like the uh, the horse in the what late nineties movie, The Cell, mm-hmm. starring Vincent D'Onofrio and Jennifer or Lopez. Or like the horse in The Godfather, also. Or like the horse in The Godfather. Cartoon. They just she's, didn't have um, the technology back in that <laughs> stage to deconstruct them to the same level. Just one cut. Certainly no. She's uh she's in her mind palace and she is rotating the three D model of the word haters taking it apart and reassembling it as something new. And now, if I read down uh, the acrostic poem that she has constructed, haters becomes having anger towards everyone reaching success. Mm. God damn. How, mm, how, how many... What's the engagement <laughs> on that bad boy? It was uh, 13 retweets, 52 likes for her 540,000 followers. 500... Mm-hmm. <sighs> now, 52 likes. Great stuff there. Thank you, Emma. Oh, I'm just going to hit you with a little speed round here. Oh, okay. Let's, of a few of my favourites. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say the text of the tweet, the number of retweets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Life is about choices, and the wonderful thing is, you get to choose. Damn. Eight retweets. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't open, then it's not your door. 11 Ooh. retweets. Ooh. <laughs> Feel inspired. Seriously, the body clock never ceases to amaze me. One retweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm feeling influenced. It's very influential. You were never created to live depressed, defeated, guilty, ashamed, or unworthy. You were created to be victorious, courageous, unstoppable, and worthy. Six retweets. <laughs> Also, I don't feel like any of that is true. I don't think that's true at all. I mean, you might be the one person that actually needs this, Theo. (laughs) Everyone can make a difference. You just have to want to. That's inspirational. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say whether the difference has to be good or bad. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, this is... All right, this is the last one. Okay. Uh, No one knows what the picture will look like. So we grab colours along the way and start colouring it. Start, start grabbing bright colours. Start, start grabbing? Start, start grabbing bright (laughs) colours. Four retweets. I'm... That, that for me, really, um, really conjures the image of being given one of those adult colouring books. She's an adult colouring book mm. of a person. But also also being told that I have to find my own pencils. Yeah. All right, one more. This is it. Then I'm out. People aren't just blocks of wood, they do have feelings. <laughs> what? No punctuation in there. People aren't just blocks of wood, they do have feelings. Two retweets. I don't think I've ever thought of a person as a block of wood. They do have feelings, Lucy. Stop I thinking do. of them as just blocks of wood. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop it. God damn people it. Are, people are more than a simple block of wood. Oh, okay. All right. This is really the last one. <laughs> Sometimes movies choose us. No retweets. <laughs> what does oh. that mean? Sometimes movies choose us. She also has this weird thing where she follows, uh, she finishes all of her tweets. Oh god, damn, this is so bad. With a a uh, is, less than sign. That? Yeah, it's a little less than symbol. Yeah. Hmm. Um, 
which I guess is kind of like a trademark thing she does. And let your light shine and watch it fall on others' faces. I'm fine. Mm. You don't I'm, want to I'm do good. that? No, I'm good. <laughs> sort of sounds like an advertisement for white phosphorus. <laughs> <laughs> you well, there's I... a big advertising market for white phosphorus? You've got to get the word out there. Yes, I you're not perfect, uh... but you do deserve to be loved. Oh. I am perfect, actually. Fuck you. <laughs> This is probably why her own biography describes her as a motivational speaker, entrepreneur, and writer, quote, enriching people's lives one tweet at a time. I don't Each one of those you. enriched my life slightly like so much uranium. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, oh. Sorry, I'm not going to read them out. I can't. I'm just looking at all these and I <laughs> yeah, feel I just, unwell. Yeah, I can't stop reading these. It's really upsetting. <laughs> So, if you would like to follow Emma on Twitter and hear her, I guess, not talk about uh, One Nation policies or anything, uh, you can find her on there at Ilwa, oh my I-L-L-W-A-H. God, I, 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 this is amazing. I think we actually, this is a live scoop on the podcast. Hmm. She's plagiarizing her own tweets. Here's a tweet from January 25. You tell me if this sounds familiar to you. <laughs> mm. Choose your words carefully. People aren't just blocks of wood. They have feelings. Are you oh, kidding? Emma, you dog. Oh, she, my God. Did Look, it do I'm, any I'm better give that her, time around? Yes, it did. <laughs> it, I'm going to uh, give her the benefit of the doubt. 12 retweets on this one. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt that she uh, came back to that one and thought, you know, I could have trimmed that down. Yeah, choose your words carefully. That's excessive. Let's, just, yeah. let's yeah. streamline this bitch. I could have sharpened that up. Oh. And, of course, um, her most recent tweet, 21 hours ago, it is the Easter weekend. Uh, and it says, wishing you all a happy and safe Easter. This is like on a on an image of Easter eggs, speckled eggs. Wishing you all a happy and safe Easter. Easter is the one time of year you can get away with putting all your eggs in one basket. Oh. With love. With love. I often put all of my eggs in a single container. I'm not going to spread them around the I house always like put some them sort of madman. basket. That would be insane. Why would you mm. put your eggs in separate baskets? I actually store my eggs in two separate fridges just in case something happens to one of the fridges. I've learned mm. from that aphorism. Wow. You sure have. Uh, so we don't wish her the best of luck, I guess. I mean, she's already got a social media empire. She doesn't really need anything. She doesn't need our help. She's loving life because she chooses to smile every day. And, you know, good for her. All right, wait, one more. (laughs) (laughs) True success generally happens when when you're too busy working. Too busy. Too busy working. So there's (laughs) one O on that too. (laughs) True success generally happens when you're too busy working. Too busy working. True success mm. generally happens when you're too busy working. Uh-huh. When you're too busy working, that is when true success will generally happen. That's just my experience. Is is she wrong? Is she oh wrong? God damn it. Fuck. Okay. This is, oh, this is, is genuinely this the last, last one. one. And I would like to apologize in advance because I am about to say a slur. Um, oh, good. And okay. this is just me reading the tweet that she has said. I don't think it's nice to use this word to denigrate people. Um, I just read an email back and it signed off kind retard instead of kind regards. Should I email and rectify it or will they not notice? (laughs) (laughs) I would probably have kept that to myself if I had done that. I probably wouldn't have tweeted it. I wouldn't have tweeted it. I would have sent a follow-up email. Maybe if I was using... Uh, if I noticed it quick enough, Google has that thing where you can retract an email very quickly. There's that little window of time. Uh, but I probably would have said, hey, there was definitely a typo there. And then I would have moved on. I wouldn't have shared it with 550,000 people, 270,000 of which are in Australia. I'm going to be more uncharitable and say that I believe that she didn't actually do that. She just thought of it and thought it would be a funny thing to tweet. This is like when you lie and say that your children have done something precocious for social media engagement. Yes, whereas they've never actually spoken to me. What <laughs> <One> day? <laughs> so, um, folks, folks, an old friend of the show is back in the news. An influencer of a different kind. I am, of course, talking about Penis Wackerman. Penis Wackerman. Penis Wackerman is back, folks. And here's where we play the theme. Yeah, I don't, 
I don't have a penis whackerman theme, do I? In my head, it's kind mm. of like a um, like a black exploitation movie. Though, like the songs that always play at the start of those, and I don't know why. The whack. Yeah, the whack is back. Is back. Yeah. Um, he is back. He has popped up. Because after all, um, we all know that Piers Ackerman is a uh, fierce critic of the ABC uh, and SBS public broadcasters, anybody who is not sufficiently right-wing. He very much has the same view as Tony Abbott, which is anyone who is not sufficiently right-wing is therefore a a hardcore leftist, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So he popped up recently. He popped up in the social media of uh, Tony Abbott's campaign because uh, that's what we like to see. We like to see our, our, our journalists and our columnists staying extremely unbiased. Um, so in this piece from, I think it's The Guardian. It might have been The Guardian. might have been The Sydney Morning Herald. I'm going to say The Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, veteran News Corp columnist Piers Ackerman has rejected criticism directed at him for joining former Prime Minister Tony Abbott on the campaign trail in his seat of Warringah on the weekend. Former Sydney Morning Herald and The Age journalist Mark Kenny said on ABC's Insiders that Sunday morning that, quote, a lot of people are look at the, looking at this and thinking, this surely crosses a line. Ackerman, who was wearing a Tony Abbott for Warringah t-shirt, <laughs> rejected that saying that he was there as, quote, an independent Australian and a private citizen. He said there was no more conflict between him joining Mr. Abbott and working as an independent commentator than there was for ABC journalists who drove with Mr. Abbott's opponent, Zali Stegall, for a story on 7.30 to the press conference at which she announced her candidacy. I feel like there is something different about those two I feel like I could just things. see a pretty clear difference there in my head. Can't put my finger on it. It's the shirt uh, that really sells this, because to me... I imagine putting on a regular T-shirt is a huge indignity for Piers Ackerman in the first place. <laughs> so it's a massive boundary to cross. It's a it's a hurdle to get one of those on. It's not like a whim. I'm pretty sure in the photo he's wearing the T-shirt over like a button-down. <gasps> I was just going to check oh, that because I was almost combo. certain that he was, uh, which made it very, very funny in my head. Um, mm. Try to find that original article. And, and to prove, of course, that he is absolutely correct and that there is no conflict of interest perceived or otherwise, um, Tony Abbott's social media team immediately deleted that photo as soon as people realized that he was visible in it. Um, yeah, like, just just the idea that, you know, oh, he's journalists wearing it over accompanying... A polo shirt. Oh, beautiful. Powerful move. Nice. But hang on, sorry. Um, I think we're missing one... Uh, wonderful aspect of this story, which is, I believe, when it was posted by Tony Abbott's um, media team, um, it had the comment of something something along the lines of "so glad to be getting away from the the media and out talking to everyday people." There's nothing more everyday than being confronted by Pierce Ackerman at your door. Famously, <laughs> not media man Pierce Ackerman. Yep, here yep. with me. So, um, so Pierce has. Uh, given a statement on this, explaining it. Penis says, I stepped out in Warringah on Saturday and stepped into a social media storm. I had earlier asked my old friend and former colleague, Tony Abbott. So again, there's no... That's that's not sending us any signals about, like, the the issues that we have with political media in Australia. Um, That he is old friends and former colleagues with the former Prime Minister. I asked... Tony Abbott, if I could personally assist him in his re-election campaign, and he had invited me to join him door-knocking in his electorate. As I was later to tell the ABC's Patricia Carvelis in a note she posted to her Twitter account, and which I also posted on Facebook after several rather ugly comments were made there, we went to approximately 50 homes, only about half of which had residents present. Of those, the majority were for Tony. I absolutely believe that. That's very believable. Uh, opposition leader Bill Shorten's media team had picked up on a photograph showing Tony talking to one of his constituents with me in the background wearing his campaign volunteer t-shirt and posted it on Shorten's suite. I wasn't working as a journalist, I'm a contributing columnist to News Limited's Sunday Telegraph, but believed I was entitled to do what I wished with my time. Participating in the democratic process is not a crime. 
I certainly wasn't proclaiming to be an independent journalist, as those activists who spruik for leftist causes at RABC or the nine media groups newspapers do constantly when they are spruiking for the Greens or Labor. A mate does what he can for a mate. What a conflicted, conflicted message. Um, I kind of feel like yeah. he's sort of just tripped up on that last sentence there, perhaps, that admitting that uh, one of the most powerful people in Australia or previously uh, for whom he's gone to bat for many, many times in nationally syndicated newspapers is uh, just a mate that you're going to going to help out. Just a mate. Struggling to, you know, start his lawnmower. Um, it's out of sugar, maybe. You go around to help him. <laughs> and then when you're there, you can maybe help him get uh, re-elected. Just, just as mates do. Mates, mates helping mates. It's, um, it's, it's very... It's all very conflicting in that he sort of starts from the position of, well, I'm allowed to do that just as a citizen. Um, I'm not doing it in my capacity as a journalist or whatever. Um, except when other people specifically do coverage in their capacity as journalists, they're doing it to help their mates in the leftist parties. And that's why it's fine for me to help my mate in the right-wing party, except that I'm not doing it in my capacity as a journalist. I, I'm just doing it as a private citizen and now posting about it <laughs> in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. So we thought um, we thought it might be a good idea, seeing as we haven't spoken about Penis Wackerman in some time, we thought it might be a good idea to revisit, uh, not revisit actually, just to check in and see what he's been writing about because after all, one of the most insightful, keen political minds, someone you really would want out there helping you on the campaign trail. Uh, you might be shocked to find that his latest piece is about being mad at the left. Mob seeks affirmation through alienation, virtue in victimhood, says professional victim, Penis Wackerman. At this time, the holiest of the Christian calendar, it is Easter weekend, after all, it is difficult to escape the enduring sense that nothing has really changed in the human condition since Jesus Christ was dragged by a baying mob before a Roman judge in Jerusalem and sentenced to crucifixion. I, for one, can't think of a single thing that has changed. Nothing's coming to mind, I don't think. Oh. That same mob is with us now, 2,000 years on, and has now, through the internet and social media, become universal. It's a scary thought. I'm I'm thinking like a lawnmower man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, I haven't seen the movie Lawnmower Man in quite a while. Doesn't hold up. Doesn't hold up. Uh, well, no, that's kind of a weird way to characterize that because I don't think anyone watched it the first time and went, "This is good. This is going to hold up <laughs> in this 25 is, years. This is going to last." Have you ever read the uh, short story that Lawnmower Man is based on? Uh, maybe everything I've read from Stephen King is. Blended into a, a wishy-washy miasma in my brain. Washed away. It's it's uh it's one of those things where they've made a feature-length movie out of a story that is about two pages long, um, and has absolutely nothing to do with computers in any way, shape, or form. Why is he the lawnmower man? Is he a lawnmower? He's like, half lawnmower, half, half man. Half lawnmower, half. That's what I'm picturing. I know nothing about this movie. In the in the movie, um, it is the. Uh, it's the it's the simple Jack style um, dumb dumb guy who does the lawn mowing for Pierce Brosnan's um, <sighs> smart computer scientist. That's man. where I've gotten mixed up. He's not a lawnmower man. No, but in the the short story, it is a man who um, eats the grass as though he is a lawnmower. Okay. <laughs> cool. In an upsetting manner. Anyway. Uh, As Robert Thompson, the chief executive of News Corp, publisher of this newspaper, said last week, there is no doubt that a mob mentality has taken hold in much of the West, and among the most pronounced of the mobs are illiberal liberals. Got them. Got them. Nice. Who are roaming the landscape in the seemingly endless, insatiable quest for indignation and umbrage. I love an endless quest for indignation. I'm always, I'm getting I'm always ready chasing down Umbridge. I'm waiting for you to read the next sentence um, with bated breath here, Andrew. It is vituperation as virtue. Now, I'm not going to lie. 
I saw in the Google Doc that you had highlighted that word, which to me meant that you were going to do a right-click search Google kind of deal on that. So I'm kind of hoping that you have... Did I define that word? Yeah. Could you maybe tell us what the fuck that means? I did ask Google to define the word for me. It said, bitter and abusive language. No one else attracted such vituperation from him. Synonyms, revilement, invective, condemnation, castigation, chastisement, opprobrium, rebuke, scolding, criticism, flack, disapprobation, fault-finding, blame, reprimand, upbraiding, admonition, abuse, insults, curses, etc., etc. It's a long list. Okay. I think we can release bonus content that's just you doing that, just reading out lists of words with your beautiful oratory skills. Just the just thesaurus entries. That's <laughs> it. So this is this is this boss of News Corp delivering the annual Keith Murdoch oration at the State Library of Victoria. Even as he was speaking of universal trends playing out on the global stage, elements of his theme were playing out locally. One example of that mob trend, he said is the seething secularism that portrays any person of faith, whether an evanescent evangelical or occasional attendee at mass or synagogue or mosque or temple as a nutter, a fruitcake, touched a devotee of the deviant. He might have been talking about confected outrage over Wallaby star Israel Folau's posting of a short, sharp reminder of the biblical position on homosexuality, adultery, and drunkenness, among other sins. Just a short, sharp reminder. That's my favourite kind of outrage. Yeah, you can get regular outrage, or you could coat it in a thin layer of sugar. Hmm. Uh, The confected ones are way easier to eat, to my mind. Yeah, um... So I, I I don't I don't think we talked about the Israel Falau thing on the show, but basically like a year ago, um, Israel Falau, who is like a one of the the foremost stars of rugby union, is that the deal? Um, there are uh, I've seen people making claims that he is one of the best players in union, but I stopped thinking about him after he left league, so uh, I haven't formed any new opinions. So jokes on you, Israel Falau. He posted a thing like a year ago. We talked to uh, we talked to a friend of the show, Vic Rodriguez, on the show back then, um, and it it was like a social media post that was like, "All the gays are going to burn in hell," and all the sponsors of the rugby went. Um, so he got a firm speaking to, and he has posted another thing on social media like a year later, saying, um, "Hey, you know who's going to hell?" Uh, the gays and um, atheists and adulterers and fornicators. People. Yeah, there was a big list. There was like fornicators, just a lot of straightforward things, a lot of hell. Gamblers, Italians. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> very much, very much, and um, and like I, I know that we all have our, we all have our positions on, um, I guess. I don't know the 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 double edged sword of saying if if we're gonna get people fired for their shitty posts then everyone can get fired for their shitty posts but also um, I think if you're a celebrity that's a that's he's, an exception he's a celebrity he's very high profile he has previously been in trouble for this and apparently like several days before this second posting he had just re-signed a like um, a, a contract binding him to specific behavior uh, one of one of the clauses of which was you are not able to post any, like, make any statements publicly which denigrate people based on their sexuality or their ethnicity or anything like that. An uncharitable reading would be that he signed this thing and then a day or two later went, fuck these guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show that I can post whenever I like. Uh, so I think he's getting fired. Yes. I think that's the deal because he heard. is, um, yeah, repeatedly and egregiously violating his own uh, contracts of employment. So that's going to happen. That's going to happen, mm-hmm. I guess. But it was just a short, sharp, short, sharp reminder of Jesus's position, right? <coughs> yeah, right. Which yeah. is funny because the caption on the Instagram post is unbelievably long. Uh, it is. It's quite long. <laughs> and so this is the thing as well where uh, Miranda Devine did a, a similarly floral, fucking, ridiculously long piece about all this where she described what he did as quoting a few Bible verses. And, like, he did quote a few Bible verses, but the post that got him in trouble is, like, a shitty image he copied and pasted that's just, like, warning, these people are going to hell. 
It's like a very generous way to categorize it. Well, and and what gets me about, I guess, the the, the statements from him in particular, I think, come off as like um, very deliberate and mean-spirited. It, it very much comes off as like, no one's going to tell me that I can't tell all the gays that they're going to burn for all of eternity. It's like, hey, maybe, maybe just don't. Maybe just don't post that. Needs a few lessons from one, uh, one Miss as a party. How to do some positive influencing via social media, you know? Or you at least tell- how to do it without anyone seeing it. Or liking it. <laughs> oh, actually, I just I can show you how to post this and and only get like two retweets maximum. Yeah, I, I forgot to say this before when we were talking about Emma as a party. So that the thing about the fake follower account thing that was quoted in the other article, this is the headline from the AFR article about it: obscure Adelaide publicist fueling Twitter's fake follower problem. <laughs> cool. Wouldn't it be so great just to have someone go out of their way to be like, oh, this isn't like a good pub- publicist. This is like a, a lesser known, not important one. <laughs> someone who claims to do this shit. Did anyway, I'm um... sorry. I just had to get that in. Let's just jump back over to Penis Wagaman for a second. Um, he's saying of this speech that Mr. Thompson gave, and, and this, this, is the, uh, this is the sharp and insightful writing of Pierce Ackerman that we all know and love. <clears throat> he absolutely nailed the bizarre situation in what is now the People's Socialist Soviet of Victoria. <laughs> mm. Sorry, say that again. People's the, the People's Socialist Soviet of Victoria. <laughs> socialist <laughs> Socialist Soviet. The old uh. SV. <laughs> You nailed the bizarre situation in what is now the People's Socialist Soviet of Victoria, where the local comedy festival has decided that its top award, the Barry, which once honoured the co-founder of the festival, Barry Humphreys, creator Australia's best-known comedic figure, Dame Edna Everidge, and her co-star, Sir Les Patterson, should be renamed the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Award. What a hoot that name is! He says. I, I love it when old shit things get taken away from old shit people. <laughs> it's like one of the purest kind of joys to me um, where like Piers Ackerman thinks someone like um, Barry Humphreys uh, dressing as a woman is the funniest thing that has ever happened in human history. And then they're like, no, we don't. Not, not anymore. And he just loses his mind. But but he's wearing a dress. <laughs> Why can't you see this? It's funny. But acting acting like um acting like anybody gave a fuck that that award was specifically named the Barry and something has been taken away from society or culture by well, having it not, a not named anymore. that anymore. No. Before I saw the name and I hooted to myself. Oh, oh you've done it again. It's oh. called the Barry still. And now I look at it and uh just complete emptiness. Mm. I'm hardly hooting at all. Like a switched-off robot, <laughs> bereft of hoots. I've, I feel like you've got it. You've got it completely backwards, Ben, because it's been renamed the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Award. What a hoot that name is! Oh, yeah, he's being oh. sincere. He he thinks it's funny to him that you would name it the International Comedy Festival Award when they're not doing funny things anymore. They're instead being a socialist Soviet. It could only be funnier to him if it was dressed as a woman. <laughs> offense <Classic>. has been <laughs> offense has been taken at Barry Humphrey's casual remarks. I love that like Israel Falau's thing is just a short, sharp reminder, and Barry Humphrey's thing is just casual remarks to the newspaper or whatever. Um, about the newly emergent and apparently quite fragile population of transgender individuals. I mean, if you're talking about the suicide rate, thanks to people like Piers, yeah, that's maybe a word you could use, you fucking piece of shit. Yep. Victoria has led the rush to embrace gender fluidity and has installed the openly Marxist-driven safe schools agenda, which is engineered to create uncertainty in prepubescent children about their sexuality regardless of their biological what, sex what has this what what has this got to do with marxism what is, this is like this is one thing that kind of came out of the the peterson 
um, Zizek uh, debate where it's like... Which you, of course, watched. Which, of course, <laughs> I, I watched. It took me several hours. I took many, many pages of well-written and informed <laughs> notes. But there's there's absolutely no process for us to kind of just maybe get in touch with old penis and go, um, hey, uh, what the fuck are you on about? Like, what, what, what do your words mean? Please just break them down into more smaller words that explain uh, just how any of this is Marxist. Well, my, my understanding, I, I did not watch the debate and take several hundred pages. Oh, would you like them? <laughs> um, We've got a PO box now, don't we? I'll send them there. Oh, yeah, you post them, you post them one down. Um, but something that I did see people talking about was that, um, that basically uh, Zizek just repeatedly asked Jordan Peterson um, to just explain to him what is a postmodern Marxist. A postmodern neo-Marxist, which is a thing that Jordan Peterson is constantly uh, describing, you know, leftists as, as these people who who are seeking to, you know, actively undermine and destroy the fabric of society. But when asked to explain, what do what do you think that is? What do you think that is, and what does it mean, and where does it come from? That he's just unable to explain that. And I think the the actual answer to that question is. Uh, because it's just uh, it's just an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. It's just a, it's just a oh the the Frankfurt School, um, all the wink. Marxists wink wink, all of the Marxist Jews decided that they would destroy our our society from the inside out by talking about uh, how we think about things, and I would assume that is exactly what Pierce is getting at through this is is that. It is just the catch-all term to mean I think that there is a group of nefarious individuals who are seeking to undermine and destroy the fabric of our society by demanding that we treat each other with a basic modicum of respect and dignity. Terrifying. Scary stuff. But you tell me if you think that all of these postmodern neo-Marxists can stand up to this kind of of, uh, mental battle here. Uh, Pierce says, truly, there must be something in the Yarra water catchment area. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> what? You can't, even, you can't even say, can't even say there must be something in the water down in Melbourne. It's just. I'm having a some, mental battle right now. There must be something in the Yarra water catchment area. Does he think we drink the, the water from the Yarra? Just get out, scooping up handfuls. Just scooping up handfuls of that, like, disgusting filthy brown liquid. That's what we do down in Melbourne. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Mr. Humphreys, who is very transphobic, made the following transphobic comments. Uh, Mr. Humphreys once said he thought transgenderism was a fashion and that he regarded the severing of sexual organs as self-mutilation. Hence, he has been condemned, says yep. Pierce. Yeah, that, that makes this sense. Seems yep. reasonable. Yeah, that logically <laughs> follows. Mr. Thompson dealt with this also, saying, Australia famously dealt with the tyranny of distance, and now the world has a tyranny of the distinguished, a smug, sneering elite that derides popular concerns as populism, and whose self-image is fueled by an abiding sense of absolute superiority. Can I just point out here that the speech being made here that he's quoting from talking about the sneering elites it's from the ceo of news corp australia who mm-hmm. was paid 12.8 million dollars a year uh being made to an audience that includes pierce ackerman syndicated columnist uh for news limited who is also close personal friends with former prime minister tony abbott and has been out personally campaigning for him uh except somehow these guys can make this these statements as looking outside looking from the outside in at the smug and sneering elite. I'm just, I'm confused. Sometimes we're elite and then sometimes we're unemployed. That's just interesting to me. You know, when do they make this distinction about when we're smug elites on the left and when we're all people with no jobs asking for a handout, you know? It depends what you're asking for. If you're asking for people to, like, stop being transphobic, then then you're you're a smug... University-educated um, ABC 
panelist or whatever. Mm. Um, if you're asking for um, an increase to new start so that it's not like a below half of the, the poverty line in Australia, then, then you're a, a bum. Right. You're a bum who needs to pull up your bootstraps and become successful through mindset. I really um, enjoy in this piece that he does... So, he quotes that paragraph, right? The tyranny of the smug, sneering elite that derides popular concerns as populism. Mm-hmm. And in the very next paragraph, he he describes GetUp as the truly disgraceful populist leftist organization. Ugh. Cool, man. Okay. All right. Very smart. It's, weren't we just talking about... Wasn't the first half of this piece about the quest to take umbrage at everything? Oh, but this isn't confected oh, outrage. Know this is about that. This just is a lot of umbrage in this, this piece, you know? It's, it's umbrage all over. Positively <laughs> dripping with umbrage. <laughs> oh. I'm getting umbrage all over my shoes. Um, well, yes, Pierce says, As we look at the effects of the mob, it is worth noting in this election how the truly disgraceful populist leftist organization get up is equally guilty of failing to understand not only the concept of intellectual freedom, but the very notion of truth. Pierce needs a fucking editor. Mm. He so badly needs an editor. Cut well, that one into several elitist, sentences. Well, so. that's, true. that's true. Censoring my words, my many words. GetUp has thrown hundreds of thousands of dollars behind its campaign to unseat a number of coalition candidates. Their most notable target is former PM Tony Abbott in his seat of Warringah, and they have been forced to withdraw a number of totally false claims. Doesn't say what those are. The mob supports GetUp according to GetUp, and GetUp supports Labour and all those who oppose the economic security delivered by the coalition. Citation required. (laughs) Including the so-called independents, Zali Stegel and Julia Banks. Can I just point out, there is a comma before a hyphen there. Delivered by the coalition, comma, hyphen, including the so-called independents. That is disgusting. That's disgraceful. Get an editor. Make up your mind, mate. Which one do you want? (laughs) Got him. The passage of time, 2,000 years in the case of Christianity, shows, however, that those who were not part of the mob were, to use the oft-repeated claim of the left, on the right side of history. This is some of the worst, just the worst, right? I need to read that back again, because it is barely comprehensible. Oh, look, no, this is quite simple. Those who were, weren't, not part of the mob aren't not on the right side of history. So with the, with this one we have um, we have the start of a sentence. He immediately then has a comma and another sentence in the middle of the sentence. Gets back into the sentence, but then interrupts it with another sentence in parentheses in the middle of it. So let me just hit you with this one again. The passage of time, two thousand years in the case of Christianity, shows, however, that those who were not part of the mob were in parentheses to use the oft-repeated claim of the left in parentheses. On the right side of history. Can we... Let's get the the parenthetical statements out of it. Mm -hmm. The passage of time shows, however, that those who were not part of the mob were on the right side of history. Okay. Maybe there's a way he could have written that a little better. My God. The message this Easter election is clear, just like all of these sentences. (laughs) Do not be conned by the mob. Um, just stellar writing there from Pierce, as usual. Truly blessed. Truly blessed this Easter to have the writings of so many um, spectacularly accomplished and smart, uh, extremely old white dudes in Australia. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you very much for your time, folks. Uh, As always, if you would like an extra episode of the show every week and you would like to support the podcast and all that sort of stuff, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Punta Vista. Get yourself an extra episode. Uh, We are now offering new rewards on there, including uh, we have our new, new movie club where on a regular basis we are live streaming or watching a, watching a movie together, talking shit about it while it's happening. So if you would like to join in with me and Ben and whoever else turns up to watch uh, a weird old movie, get on board with that. I liked it. I liked it. It was fun. Oh, a lovely time. I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed watching um, 
but what's his name? Philip Michael Thomas from uh, Miami Vice um, do PCP exactly once and then lose his mind. Which has happened to all of us. <laughs> In the drug scare film from 1978. Death drug, 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 drug. Uh, a crime pass for this week? Do PCP. Uh, you, you can do PCP and you can watch uh, full movies that have been illegally uploaded to YouTube. That's right. Nice. You can do it with us. Uh, and that is it for us, everybody. Thanks again. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.